Greetings. Welcome to City-Based Discipling. The next three weeks, we'll be dealing with reading your Bible and studying your Bible. Hopefully, the series will get you going, get you able to go deeper, to correctly apply, interpret uh, the Word of God into your own life and your own situation, and also in the lives of the people that you meet. For God has called us through Jesus Christ to go and make disciples, teaching them about his principles. So in starting, I would like to just bring some clarity. What's the difference between reading your Bible and studying your Bible? Well, I believe you read your Bible for yourself to get the principles and uh, change your thinking and get answers to your, your problems. But the studying of your Bible is so that you can help other people. You study your Bible for others. So tonight is orientation. I just want to whet your appetite to lay a general foundation. Next week, we're going to deal with a very important topic of how to approach the Bible and what rules apply when one interprets the Bible. Then in the final week, we're going to get all practical. I'm going to show you the normal, everyday kind of Bible study. I'm also going to show you some other types you can do. And then finally, I'm going to give you some dangers, some pitfalls you need to watch out for in your Bible study. So although I'm pitching these talks at an entry level, at a beginner level, the truth that they contain will impact your more mature viewers where they're at in the Lord. And I welcome all of you, phone me, make contact with me, WhatsApp me, give me suggestions, ask questions, even some positive criticism, for I guarantee you, I am still learning. Everett T. Harris says it this way, No one graduates from Bible study until they meet the author face to face. So let's just pray and then we'll jump right in. Father, I thank you for this honor, this privilege of speaking to you, your people, about your word. I thank you, Lord. I pray that you'd open the eyes of our understanding that the entrance of your word will bring understanding and bring light. Switch us on, Lord. Help us to understand. Help us to see what you want us to see and to hear what you want us to hear. Bless our time together now, I pray, in the mighty and precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Right, by way of introduction, the Bible is a library of 66 books that together tell the same story. They tell the story of God's amazing, huge plan for salvation of mankind, of humankind. It explores the big question, why do we exist? What am I doing here? 
It's all about Jesus. The Old Testament is Jesus concealed. The New Testament is Jesus revealed. Revelation 19 at verse 13, speaking about Jesus, says this, The name by which he is called is the Word of God. You see, reading the Bible is different from any other book. It is the primary way that God speaks to us. Most important is that you and I open our hearts by faith and understand that this is God's personal message to you and to me, personally. If you believe that God's truth is contained in the Bible, you will discover that his words are alive and powerful, that they have power to transform your life and your circumstances. I quote Hebrews 4 verse 12 for you. What God has said isn't only alive and active. It is sharper than any double-edged sword. His word can cut through our spirits and souls and through our joints and marrow until it discovers the desires and thoughts of our hearts. You see, while you read the Bible, it reads you. While you look into it, it looks into you. It's alive. Reading brings us information. Answers. But studying brings revelation and transformation. Revelation, as more and more of Jesus is revealed to us. And transformation, as we transform from glory to glory, bit by bit, to become more like Jesus. Bible study is a life-changing process that results in God's blessings upon your life if you apply it correctly. You see, what you believe is what you become. What is in the well comes up in the bucket. Martin Luther put it this way, I have covenanted with my Lord that he should not send me visions or even angels. I'm content with this gift of his scriptures, which teach me and supply all that is necessary, both for this life and the next. So we come to the second segment. Why read and study the Bible in 2020? Well, here are some reasons. Number one, God calls us to walk in power with our lives patterned after Christ, revealing his life to the world with our thinking and our living biblically correct. I quote to Timothy 2 verse 15. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. Reason number two. Anything that you agree with, which is contrary 
to the word of God is an agreement you have made with Satan. So the big question is, is the enemy using the creative power of your tongue to do his work for him? Reason number three, if we don't know what the word says, how will we ever know what to believe God for? John 15 verse 7, if you abide in me and my words abide, remain in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done for you. Wow. Reason number four, knowing the truth helps you to identify all the devil's lies, his traps, his deceitful schemes, and helps you to make wise life decisions. And I quote Joshua 1 verse 8, This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, and you shall meditate upon it by day and by night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you shall make your way prosperous, and then you shall act wisely. But here are another two super important reasons for studying your Bible in 2020. Psalm 11.3 reads as follows. If the foundations are destroyed, what shall the righteous do? Now you do not need me to tell you that storms of life are upon us. But you see, you cannot build the foundation of your life or your world during the storm. It's too late then. You need to build now. For everything that is not built on Christ according to the pattern of his word shall fall. Wrong attitudes, misplaced trust, pride in your own abilities to make it happen, worry, fear, depression, sin, lust, Racism, all must go. Reason number six, prophetically speaking, you and I as the bride of Christ are in a very critical time. There is a clear divide being formed with on the one hand, those who are aligned with God's heart, with his word, with his ways and with his will. And on the other hand, those who just aren't ready. The question is, which side of the divide will you be found on? Will you be ready? Reason number seven, God wants each one of us as a minister of the new covenant, to step fully into the ministry that he has for each one of us. 
He wants us set apart from the world. He wants us holy, living, set apart from the world, different from the world. He wants us fearing God, having reverence for God, but not fearing man. He wants us focused on living for kingdom purposes, for the honor of his name, the doing of his will, and the extending of his kingdom. He wants us rightly, correctly established in his word, ready for the mighty move of God's Holy Spirit. That's why we read now in 2020. That's why we study. Very important section we're going to deal with now is that the word of God is your primary weapon. Genesis 1 verse 2. The earth was without form and void and darkness was over the face of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. The Holy Spirit was waiting for God's word so that he could go and create what that word said. Confirmed in Psalm 33, verse 6 and 9, the Lord made the heavens and everything in them by his word. As soon as he spoke, the world was created. At his command, the earth was formed. Now the Holy Spirit is still fulfilling that ministry of his. He is not obliged to respond to your words or to mine, but his ministry is to respond and create the word of God. We are called to warfare with God's word. It is the sword of the spirit in our mouths. Ephesians 6, you know it, verse 16 to 18. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the fiery darts of the enemy and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit. Like Belinda said in her talk on prayer, our Bible study must be saturated with prayer, but also our prayer life must be saturated with the Word of God, living and alive. John 14 verse 26, the Holy Spirit will teach you all things and bring words to your remembrance. What Jesus said. Now if the words of the Lord are not in you, how will the Holy Spirit ever remind you of them? The next point, the Holy Spirit waits for the word of God from your tongue and from my tongue to create whether we speak life or whether we speak death. Either way, 
That's what's going to be created. Proverbs 18 verse 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruits. Jeremiah 5 14. Therefore, thus says the Lord, the God of hosts, because you have spoken this word, behold, I am making my words in your mouth a fire. It's a lot to think about in that section. Most important, what is the right approach to the Bible? How do I approach the Bible? 2 Timothy 3, verse 16 and 17. Every scripture was given to us by inspiration from God and is useful to teach us what is true and make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It straightens us out and helps us do what is right. It is God's way of making us well prepared at every point, fully equipped to do good to everyone. Every scripture was given to us by inspiration from God. That original word for inspiration, theoknusis, has various meanings. It means spirit. It means breath. It means breath of God. And its original meaning is perfume. The word of God contains the very fragrance of God. The very perfume of God. Approach it in the same way that you would approach Almighty God himself. And then you will find the presence, the fragrance of God in every area of your life. Point number three. The Bible is the Holy Spirit's greatest work. He wrote it and he hasn't yet changed his mind about a single thing he wrote. You have to be right with him before you read his word. You cannot read the Bible if you do not know the author. That was said by theologian Artie Kendall. Powerful. I want to suggest that you and I need to go on our knees. We need to prayerfully repent of all sin, of all blockages, of all wrong. We need to receive forgiveness. Washed off in the blood of Jesus. And only then do we come to sit down and prayerfully read and study the word of God. Point number four. We need to approach the word with the right mindset. That says, wow, this is God's words to me personally. They are life. I need this so that my life can change. I need this to be healed. I need this so I may get answers to the questions of life that I face. You see, 
God does not want you only coming to him when you're in trouble. He doesn't want you always just needy and manipulating him all the time. He wants you to faithfully build and work on a relationship with him. Christianity is not a religion. It's a relationship. Children spell the word love T-I-M-E. How much time do you invest in this relationship? In prayer, in talking to God, in listening to allow God to talk to you? How much time do you spend getting to know God personally, intimately, deeper? Nowadays, with the world as it is, pear-shaped, not flat earth, it's gone pear-shaped. There is nothing more important to you and to me than my relationship with Jesus Christ and his word. Point number five, read slowly. To just quickly read and tick off on some obligation list will not get you anywhere. You won't get anything out of it. Bible study is about quality, not about quantity. Number six, by all means, use a reading plan. Reading plans are good. A reading plan can ensure that you receive from the Word of God everything that you need for every single day, exactly what you need for that specific day. And of course, there is still just ordinary reading of the Bible. So that's about it for today. For now. Next week we'll deal with three very important topics. How to interpret the Bible. What resources do I need, if any? And what pitfalls, dangers, must I avoid? So now as we come to a close, the truth is that neither you nor I can just decide to love God's word and hunger for it. That's not in our heart. We need to ask God to touch our heart and to make us hungry for his word. Will you join with me? I want to pray with us. Let's just pray for that. Father, we thank you for what we've heard. I pray, Lord, that you would create a hunger for your word in our hearts, that we would realize the importance of hearing you speak to us every day, in every way. Help us, we pray. And Father, in the name of Christ Jesus, I forbid the enemy from stealing a single word of truth that has been spoken here in this message. In Jesus' name, amen. So, I'm done. Please remember to tune in to our online service 
on Sunday at 9 a.m. And as for me, and as for you, I'll see you here again next week, same time, same place, God willing. I'll give you good coffee, but you remember to bring the peanut butter biscuits. God bless you. I love you. Thank <laughs> you.